faster than expected. Abrupt climate change and the consequences for us and other living beings on our Earth. No one should be alone in the greatest challenge of our time. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. Here's your host, Wolfgang Werminghausen. Ta -ta -ta -ta. This is the first episode of my relaunched and reworked Faster Than Expected podcast. So, before I come to my wonderful interview guest, Catherine Thompson, let me say what's new. First, the title. Faster Than Expected, Subtitle Schneller Als Gedacht. As I reworked the concept of my podcast, I realized that I had two different target audiences. So I decided to concentrate on one group. English-speaking, worldwide, connecting, community around abrupt climate change and the ongoing mass extinction. The microphone. Well, my new Auna USB microphone is not the best one, but now I have much less noise to filter. Please give me feedback. The editorial schedule. Now I'm using the online tool Trello instead of a spreadsheet to be more flexible and to develop new ideas. I try to have at least one episode every two weeks, except school holidays. I intend to do that for one year. I don't dare prognosis for more than one year. A new podcast cover. I had much fun to improve my knowledge around portrait photography, picture editing, etc. Unperfect. I try to be less perfect. So you will hear more wrong English grammar or expressions and lots of hms and oes. I wish to be more friendly with myself. One mistake in the following interview is that I'm talking about the 13th episode, but it is in fact the 12th. Okay, now please enjoy the interview with Catherine Thompson. In this episode, I'm so proud to present an interview with Catherine Thompson. She is such an extraordinary woman. On her website, Music Forest Instruments, we can read Until recent times, Catherine was living in somewhat nomadic existence, mostly in the west of Canada. In the years of 2011 to 13, she traveled solo more than 2,500 kilometers through the southern plains of Saskatchewan. The right pronunciation? Yes, very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. also I traveled on uh, by horseback. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's presently based in a small mountain village in the north of Thailand, where she has set up a musical instrument making and composing studio. Catherine has had a long involvement in traditional Irish music, both as an instrumentalist and vocalist. This interest in Irish music over the years had led her to many different places musically, often quite radically different from the roots of the tradition. Over more than 20 years, she has been involved in composition and performance with a number of contemporary, or also hard to pronounce for me, <laughs> dance creators. <laughs> to date, 
She has created more than 25 pieces for the dance theater of to critical acclaim. Through Music Forest and the Sun and Wind Project, her work is devoted to creating a deep and deepening connection with the wide nature of the world, a reawakening. Catherine is a composer, vocalist, musician, instrument maker, visual and material artist. In the world of making stuff, Catherine has been making moccasins and other related things since her youth. The first bit she ever sawed was her grandmother's at her grandmother's side at the age of eight, where she learned to dance socks. She makes most of her instruments that she plays. Catherine is an avid auto enthusiast and she loves to wander the wild hills and grassy plains, swim in the clear water and walk on the frozen lakes of this beautiful, wonderful earth as often as she can. She has practiced kendo for more than 35 years and yaido for 15. Welcome, Catherine, in my 13th podcast episode. Oh, thanks, Wolfgang. I'm so honored to be here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> There would be so much more to say about you, but first let's concentrate on the role of, that music plays in your life. How did you come to study Irish music and all the other, let's say, styles of music that came across? Right. Well, you know, my mom's family is Irish, although they, they came over in the 1830s, so it's a fair while away. <laughs> um, and it just, it kind of evolved from there, I, from there, I think. And uh, maybe I could mm -hmm. almost say it felt in my blood, you know. And at a certain point when I was younger, you know, I studied viola through high school and stuff and was, mm -hmm. going, was going to study the university and stuff and preparing for that. But I decided I was doing playing Irish music and viola music at the same time, or classical music at the same time, and um, mm -hmm. I think that the traditional type music just spoke to me more. And and also at that time in the seventies, the Irish Irish and Scottish music scene was just was kind of explored exploding. Sort of, you know, there's like a flowering and a shift in the traditional music scene there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I guess, I just fell in love with it, you know. And, uh, yeah, my viola, my, okay, not my viola teacher, but my music teacher in high school actually mm -hmm. called my mother in to the school to say that I was playing all this Irish music and she was really worried about me. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, you know, like my mom was just like, why did you call me in for this? <laughs> she thought that she, the mm -hmm. teacher had lost her mind, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Irish music and, and that, just evolved into lots of, lots of other things, you know, and played guitar a lot. And my, my music, uh, Irish music background is in Irish flute mostly, but, you know, mm -hmm. I also played a bit of, of Illin pipes. And of course, when you play pipes or Irish flute, you also play tin whistle. And I also mm -hmm. did some study with some traditional shanos, which is traditional style, I guess you could say, uh, traditional singing, uh, in the northwest of Ireland, I went for immersion language stuff up there, and yeah. And you learned to, to sing in Gaelic? Yeah, I have one or two uh, party pieces I do now. But uh, yeah, I love, I especially love uh, Gaelic uh, singing. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful, I think, you know. Maybe we can now listen to a piece of music where, where you uh, play Cora. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think it sounds a bit Irish. Please invite it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The name of the tune is If My Heart Was a Hunter, It Would Hunt in the Dark. I guess you could say it's a kind of folk harp from West Africa. Uh, mostly played mm-hmm. in like Senegal, Mali, Burkina Faso, the Gambia, Guinea, I think. That whole region, you know. Um, it has around, it has 20, generally, but typically 21 strings. Although the ones I make have 22 strings, and, and I've seen mm-hmm. them as, as many as 24, but in that range of two. And they're set up in two rows, so the 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 skin on the on the gourd faces you and your left hand and right hand play two different choruses of strings you know beautiful sound and you're you're building you're making chorus yes yes i've been making them for 13 years maybe 14 years Mm -hmm. maybe no i don't i make them and i sell them but it's not like a business you know um Mm -hmm. Maybe make a couple per year and, and sell them or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mostly make instruments have, that have skins on them, so oh. that, and that are strings, which is interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I also make shamisen, which is a kind of three-string Japanese banjo, you could even say. And I've made some mm-hmm. banjos out of gourds and, and skins, and yeah. Yes, um... It's a meandering. It's a meandering musical instrument making journey, just like my YouTube videos. <laughs> yes, we'll have uh, links to your website where ah. listeners can can uh, look for chorus and your buildings and uh, your SoundCloud uh, tunes and, mm. and so on. And okay, thanks. We'll have the links in the show notes. Oh, great. Mm. Now you're living in Thailand, near or in the rainforest. Mm-hmm. We can watch your surroundings in your video podcast episode on YouTube. Nature and the close experience of nature seems to be a, as important as music for you. What means nature and the rainforest for you? Right. Uh, it's so difficult to articulate i find uh one thing i maybe i could start with uh music is important to me but i think that connection to nature and and that and being close and interconnected is maybe the most important thing 
So mm-hmm. the music for me, maybe the musical aspects or other sort of art artistic type expressions are just maybe a, a way to uh, engage with it or you know to interact with with the natural world at some level you know yeah especially now uh at my at the, my current time in life my age whatever you, however you want to put it i feel like the most essential thing is to uh have nature around me as much as i can you know where i live is uh it's in a it's kind of like a tropical highland forest i guess you could call it mm-hmm. a rainforest for sure um I, I'm at about a thousand meters, which, mm-hmm. um, and there's all, it's really steep country, you know, it's, it's, uh, and there's these beautiful ridges that I'd like to go up and walk along and, um, it feels a bit like a forest in recovery, which is a, a nice feeling given the general state of degradation around the world going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, well, you know, I don't want to get into Thai politics and stuff, but for sure Thailand banned logging in the late 1980s, 89, I think. Actually banned logging. I mean, there's been, uh, of course, there's illegal stuff going on and, and all that. But just to me, just the idea that a whole country said, no, you cannot log at this place anymore. It's too valuable. Mm-hmm. It, you know, this just that statement alone says a lot to me, you know. Yes. About a place. Yeah. Do you see changes? Yes, in, I think so. The last month or years? Um, you know, one thing that's tricky for me is that, you know, I've only, I mean, I've been coming to, my mom and brother live here. So I've been coming to Thailand for quite a while. And that's how I discovered this place up here. I mean, they're down in Bangkok, right? But um, still, I've, I've been living here for just around two and a half years. I really don't feel like I, I know enough about the, the place to really fully see where it's heading. You know, I feel like you need to mm-hmm. be here your whole life. But nonetheless, I mean, there's definitely, definitely in this region efforts to, to bring, um, to regenerate the natural world. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. There's cons- conservation efforts going on. And of course, we know it's a struggle wherever you are, you know. Um, they're trying to bring back the great hornbill, uh, which is a kind of big bird, you know. Um, it's pretty hopeful. Um, but, you mm-hmm. know, it, I think part of me feels like, jeez. Um, This is like a, a place where I've landed and I, I hope to stay a long time and, and watch how things change. And um, I said to a friend of mine, Aaron, I said, I feel in a way like this is where I'm making my last stand. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm, this yes, is where yes. it, now that I'm here, it makes complete sense, you know? Part mm-hmm. of it's the people that, that live here. Part of it is the the community that that's here and, and how I inter- interact with them. And, um, but, you know, on an everyday kind of practical level, all I have to do is walk out and within three minutes I'm in the woods, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have, have to do nothing more than step out the door 
And for that matter, where I live is an old house. And I live on this, mostly spend my time on this big deck where I do my work and my computer. I eat here on a little table. Everything's on the floor. So I sit on the floor. I sleep on the floor mm-hmm. with a, a nice mat. It's, not, it's comfortable. Um, so it's, I'm also completely surrounded by forests here as well. You know, even mm-hmm. in my daily life, mm-hmm. like as I'm talking to you, I'm looking out and seeing these, these great, these great stands of bamboo that goes way up into the sky and there's trees all around me um, with, you know, the incredible, incredible diversity that, that comes with a, in a tropical forest. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And every day I, I try to show gratefulness to, uh, for being here, you know, yeah. Maybe we can listen to another uh, uh, piece of music, and you in the rainforest there will be enough water. But once you you wrote a piece called "We Walked Forever to Find Some Water." Oh yes. This sounds sound touches my heart. It's mm-hmm. sad and beautiful at the same time. Oh, thank you. You'll find the whole song on SoundCloud. I post a link in the show notes on my website. This grief and love I find in this song reminds me of what John Macy calls the grief for the world. Mm-hmm. 
I know you are aware of the dire situation of our planet and that there is a high possibility that even our species may or will go extinct faster than expected. How is your state of acceptance that we will lose all we love? Right. Well, I, I'm, I think that my acceptance for it is pretty strong. Or I'm not sure what right word to mm -hmm. use there. I mean, who? It's hard to. Sometimes I think it's hard to know how we'll react as it, things get closer. But it's certainly mm. something I think about a lot, you know. Um, I, you know, this is something, you know, I really appreciate, well, there's a lot of people out there I appreciate, but, you know, one thing, say, that, that Guy McPherson talks about is um, the whole idea of, you know, the idea that we're none of us are given an expiry date anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. we, don't, we don't know when our time is, will come to us, I suppose, and... Um, uh, I, I mean, I guess one thing that on a, say a more less general and more personal level is every now and then I go through these phases where I'll tell all the people that I love, <laughs> said, you have to move and you have to be somewhere where there's water, like what real water, not some polluted lake, you know what I mean? And, um, mm -hmm. so, uh, so I, I do, that sort of creeps in, you know, and, and, uh, I really, I think it's mostly very annoying to like my family and friends that I say that to. But uh, anyway, that that does come in for sure on a on a, a general level for my own self. I don't really mm. worry about it on a daily level. You know, I feel like I'm really mm. aware that that this is coming coming down to us, and um, I don't I don't really I try not to think in terms of time. You know. Uh, I think I think dealing with time mm. on these kind of levels is tricky. Although some do, and I certainly appreciate their perspectives on it a lot. Um, do you want Do you want me to talk about that song a bit, maybe? Well, yes. I mean, right. because okay, this is for me the the grief and the love is. Yeah. Uh, I can feel it in this song. Is it? Do you agree? Yeah, totally. I. Wolfgang, you're so perceptive. It's it's really wonderful. It, it's and it kind of that song. It's it, I have to say, like a lot of the music I do, in the end, I'm never really happy with it. I feel like it doesn't express what I'm trying to say. You know, I mean, and and this was frustrating mm -hmm. for a long time. I mean, nowadays I don't really get too worried about it. I just accept it as it is, right? But that song mm -hmm. for me was like, oh, I did I did something. <laughs> I did something that, that says something about how I'm feeling, you know? And it, it was kind mm. of, it's a little bit of a vi visioning almost of a time in the future. Um, huh? It came out of my, of, it came just prior to my doing my long horse rides and the idea of, of traveling, you know? And, and, you know, I was living quite what we could call nomadically. I didn't re really have a, technically have a home for about 16 years before moving to Thailand. And, and uh, mm -hmm. so going on the horse journey was seen to me like, oh, that's a logical thing, place to go to learning how this life can be, you know. So it's, it's trying mm -hmm. to understand different ways of existing, um, living very simply, of course, with not too much stuff, 
and which is very beautiful. Also, it's very physical um, existence, which is mm-hmm. which I love, you know. And, and so the song was this idea of of traveling on horseback, and, and my companions are these three horses, you know. And I, I wrote a I wrote a, a piece, a written mm-hmm. piece that I often speak before that I do the song, you know, in, in, if I'm performing it, you know, and it really talks about the horses and setting up to, um, to kind of travel through this area where the water has been um, destroyed. It's, it's quite deeply linked, I think, with the, with the tar sands up in Northern Alberta as well, mm-hmm. as, a, as a kind of an image to guide it, you know. For, for me, music, uh, experience of nature, such a conversation, okay. listening to our voices means connection. Maybe this is our most important job these days. Do you agree? And yeah. What is your advice for our listeners? Yeah, I do agree with you. Um, I agree completely with you on that. I mean, sometimes I think... You know, we think about different arts and, and things, and, you know, everyone has their own ways of expressing things, and, of course, all are valid. But sometimes I think of music as being so elemental. So I imagine, like, our ancestors from 40,000 years ago, that music was something in their life daily. I mean, and it's pretty easy to imagine there's music around us all the time when we're in nature, of course, obviously with bird sounds and and mm-hmm. insect sounds and, and the sounds of water and the sounds of wind in the trees, all that stuff, you know. Um, so part of me thinks that music has a very deep, deep, deep connection that mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. supersedes other things. I, I don't know. I don't know, actually. It's just, I'm just really kind of thought experiments. And, I mean, once, if I, can, if I can go on this bit of a tangent, I did this uh, dance piece once and I was recording frogs in... In Brunswick, and there's a little pond near the place I was house I was staying at, and it was really just a bunch of big bullfrogs going bring it, bring it, kind of seemingly randomly, you know. So then I, I took the sound file I did, which was about 25 minutes, and mm-hmm. I took that sound file and compressed it into about five minutes. So basically, I made it um, like five times faster, you know, and. It was stunning what came out of that because it was like this, it was a, a rhythm that was so definite. It, I, I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. rhythm, but these, in essence, it was like, <laughs> it, was, it was like, holy, it's like they had a metronome going, you know, it was so precise and, and so about communicating and so clearly about communicating with each other so to me and this is where issues of time become interesting and complex and and hard to fathom in a way that i couldn't hear their conversation at their at the speed that they spoke but when i speeded it up perhaps something to a, a way of perceiving that i as a human can see it became very clear i mean i, I didn't know what they're talking about but it's like oh that's so obvious what they're what they're up to you know Just having a, maybe a good conversation or something, you know. It was mm, amazing, yes. yeah. Mm. So, so your advice for our listeners is to listen. <laughs> why, why not, you know? I was good, you know, you said to me that I, I actually wrote stuff about advice. Oh, you want advice from me? <laughs> How am I going to deal with that? Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I think you should give the advice. Just listening. Mm. 
And and listening, um, you know, okay, I don't, okay, like for instance, (laughs) I don't know if you know Derek Jensen at all, but anyway, at one point in his talk, one of his talks or books or whatever, he's like saying, oh, if you want to know how to help a river, ask the river, right? Listen to the river. Mm. And, and, uh, I thought I really, that really appreciated what he said there. Mm. And I don't think it was a metaphor at all. You know, I think it's a complete. Oh, with that, we come to an end okay. <laughs> of our conversation. Um, Wonderful. So honored to have this conversation with you. Mm, and, thank you. Uh, I hope uh, our listeners will love this too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. Um, thank, thank you so much. Awesome. Let's say goodbye or an, okay. another English word, farewell. <laughs> farewell, Chai. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, farewell. Until the next time. À la prochaine. Like one of my favorite French <laughs> phrases. Until the next time. <laughs> How do you say okay. until the next time in German? Bis yeah. zum nächsten Mal. Bis zum nächsten Mal. Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to my Faster Than Expected podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Next time I will have one or more short podcast episodes with Guy McPherson about biology for doomers. Bye-bye. Faster Than Expected. Thanks to Laura Upshaw for African Drum Dance on YouTube. If you like my podcast, please write a comment and give me a like on SoundCloud. You'll find a link and more information on my website xwer.de slash podcast. Take care.